Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. Um, today we have a stock trader, day trader, options trader. Um, as you guys know, I'm not a day trader. I'm not an options trader. I actually don't advocate that people do, but some people do and they do well. And today my guest is goes by the handle of Dr. Stocks. Fascinating guy. Um, I hope you enjoy our conversation. He's in Latin America, so we had some problems with the audio going in and out. The volume's a little honky, wanky, but I wanted, I wanted to put the podcast out anyway. I like sharing different points of view at times. Doesn't mean I endorse them. Doesn't mean I would do it, but I, you know, I do want to share it for um, perspective so we can see the difference. Um, <clears throat> gentleman has 16,400 followers on Instagram, uh, classifies himself as an entrepreneur and a day trader. He's a traveler. Like I said, he lives in, 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 in remote regions of, of Latin America. Um, you, you can't miss him on IG. He wear, tends to wear a big hat that takes up the whole camera. Uh, it's, it's, it, 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 I love that. That's, that's using the alpha code, by the way, if you've ever listened to my recordings on my other podcast on the science of getting rich, I have a couple entitled the alpha code. You might check those out. Let's dig into today's um, talk. You can always follow him at, at Dr. Stock Z, Stock Z. So Dr. S-T-O-C-K-Z on Instagram. Hope you enjoy. Let me know. Hey, real quick, before we start the show, let's jump into some local New Orleans music. You know, I, I go to a lot of places where people are playing. I'm an amateur musician myself. I like to grab little snippets of it for, it for you and share it on the podcast. These are just average people having fun. Yes, 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 man. You guys, come on in. Turn this down. You might hear a little noise. I'm here at uh, my other house here in New Orleans. And today we got a day trader coming in. Um, Man, he's... Sounds like he's living the life, living down there in Latin America. And doing what traders do, trading, right? And uh, I've done these things for a while. Come out, life is a trade. Like, you got to give up something. That's life, man. You're going to give up something in the trade, man. And everything we're doing, man, is some kind of trade. <laughs> What's up, Jess? Anthony? What's going on, man? Uh, 
There's Dr. Stocks himself now. So we're gonna bring on Dr. Stocks. I guess I'm saying that right. And uh, get to know this guy a little bit. He's a interesting fellow, man. Unusual time for us to go live, but we'll save it. We'll archive it for history. Yes, yes, yes. What's up, man? He's got the big hat. Hey, brother. How you doing? How's the audio and the visual? Sounds good. I can hear you good. So you can hear me? Yeah, we're good to go, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on. I know we talked about doing this several times. And one thing about if trying to get people together that make content for the internet is like herding cats. Like, <laughs> it can be difficult. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, brother. Especially well, if thanks, you're busy. I, yeah. I appreciate it, and I'm sure we're going to have a good combo. Yeah, man. So let my, my uh, people know who, you know, a little bit about you, your handle, what you go by, what you do. I mean, why you post. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, in simplicity, like, I kind of view trading from a, a lifestyle perspective. So because it's such a mind-heavy profession or career, lifestyle so you know I, I took I took kind of the extreme approach of leaving country culture friends family uh, to to try to reach this next level of my mind and uh, in so doing so that's helped a lot with the trading uh, world so you know that's kind of the deeper story and then the sur the surface level story I think is you know I do trading options and shares uh, primarily shares right now especially in this market Right. Um, day trading, scalping, swing trading. Well, wow. So yeah, you're doing a lot of, uh, is, how's the, is the audio and visual still okay, brother? Yeah. You just kind of went out for just a second. You're good. You're good. It went out for just a second, but you're good now. There we go. So you're, you're doing you got quite a few strategies going then. Did I lose you? Hello? I think we lost him. Down there in Latin America. Maybe the uh, internet's not as good. We'll give him just a second. Um, he said a lot there, man. We'll give it just a second. <clears throat> said he had a lot of different strategies between trading, long-term strategies, um, let's drop him out and try to bring him back in, see what we can do. <clears throat> so a man said he's living down, living overseas, uh, trading, mentioned options, mentioned shares, a lot of options traders, you know, they're options traders when they refer to shares or they're Europeans, um, just because they're trying to make you, make you aware there, there's a difference and there's a difference between shares and, and options. Um, Internet is not good. Life is great for him down there. <laughs> we'll try it again. I got three, three, and then we give it up. Um, you miss Latin America. All right, we got a lot of folks from Latin America. We're back. All right, brother. Yeah, hopefully these, uh, it's the clouds. So be patient with me. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. So you were saying you, you, you kind of run a bunch of different strategies. Now, are you trading full time? That's what you do? Yeah, so basically I, I focus on the trading and then I also love teaching. Okay, so teaching, trading. Teaching, trading, yeah. Right, I know if you teach something else. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, how long have you been teaching trading? Uh, I've been into it for about four and a half years with the teaching and then the trading myself around five and a half, six-ish years. Right, it's a lot of fun, man. I like it, it. I like, I enjoy it too. You know, obviously we, we try to come up with our own way. Like, I'm sure you're not te teaching secret knowledge. I'm not really teaching secrets either. I mean, you know, it's just um, people can connect with different people and different vibes and different energies and then learn something better or, or, or different, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's that's been me, my journey as well. I probably have five or six guys that kind of got me to where I'm at now in the markets, and you know, you get what you can get from people, and then you you move on. And not everyone's going to do everything exactly the same, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know what was interesting the other day, and I'd love for you to share more about this. You had mentioned how. Uh, basically, if you don't know what you're doing, you got to be careful with options. Like, mm -hmm. can, can you go more into that? Because I watched your, I think it was a video or a story you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm always smashing up. I mean, all my friends trade options. Being a professional trader, all your friends are going to, I mean, I do trade options a little bit too. I try to steer new people away from options. I just feel like you need some experience in the market. You need to understand shares, fundamentals, economic reports, PE ratio. Like, there's all this shit you need to know before you go off into that world. Um, and so as a teacher, this is a weird thing. I might have someone that's read all my books, all my courses, been with me four years. They probably should be doing that. And they hear me saying, don't do that, like, cause I'm, I'm trying to build a foundation for people. And it's hard as you go forward as a teacher doing that. Um, cause some, sometimes, you know, there, there is times to start doing more complicated, harder things. I just think you need to, you need to digest it in steps. It, at least that's my experience to be successful. Um, the worst thing is just to dive all in, blow out, lose all your money, feel bad about the markets and then turn away from it, you know? 100% man, because the, the other thing too is like, I don't think people really understand how it's timing with options. Like. Right. You know, you, you could be right, like, okay, I get in at $100. Expectation is that it goes up to 102. That's fine. Maybe you're right. But were you right within your time frame and also with the implied volatility and the expiration and all the other factors? And that's right. what makes it very, very complex. It's very complex, man. And you really, really got, it's like saying, well, I play violin for fun and then I play in an orchestra. It's different. Like you can play guitar. It's another thing to play for Ozzy, right? Like it's, it's a different level. And that's, that's what those are. And a lot of people just use them for gambling, which is fine, man. If you're going to gamble, it's just, that's not what I'm trying to teach. So I try to, you know, get my audience to, to focus in until they have a certain amount of proficiency. And then, yeah, the options, because I get that a lot. Is your course on, you know, picking stage ones and breakouts, is, does that work for options? And I'm like, yeah, if you want to know which direction it's going, that's good in options. Like, yes, you need some strategy. You got to do some strategy if you're going to make options work, right? You you've got to narrow it down how you're going to use them. And there's so many ways to use options. Um, yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and so, what I was curious about with you, Gerald, is how does this 2022? I think everybody's already seen and heard 
how 2022 has affected the markets. Um, what has 2022 done to the real estate world, if you don't mind sharing? Honestly, prices just keep going up, man. Um, everyone's always anticipating some coming apocalypse in the real estate market, and it just keeps going up. And, you know, the properties I bought in the last six months have already appreciated. You know, we've raised rents. There's just nothing bad happening. And and I keep hearing this coming badness. And I've heard, but the problem is I've owned real estate now for 22 years. And the coming economic collapse is, I've heard that for 22 years. And, and what's worked for me is just picking a criteria for a setup, like you do a trade. I'm looking for this, this, and this to happen. So real estate to me is just math, just numbers. How much is the rent? How much is the loan gonna cost me? What's the insurance? How much is maintenance? What are the rents in that area? It's a very simple math formula. And, the, and as rents go higher, the price of properties you're gonna buy go higher. It's an expansion of multiple. It's just the same as stocks. And, and, and you have to understand that to understand how Home Depot goes from 100 to 200 to 350 back to splitting. That's the expansion of multiple. Well, real estate does that. The first problem, first time you're gonna have a problem is rents start going down. But nowhere I see rents are going down. I mean, rents are going up. So if rents are going up, property values go up. That's the way it works. If a company makes more in sales, dividends go up, property price, I mean, how, you know, thing goes up. So for me, what I've seen is just, it just keeps going up, you know? I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna go down. Um, Interesting. And, and so when you see a dip, right, or a sale on a house, I'd imagine most people kind of go running to that mm -hmm. versus when we see a sale in Amazon stock, yeah. Microsoft or Apple, people tend to run. At, at least that's what I've kind of noticed. Yeah. Have you noticed that as well? Right. And that's why I never believe people when they say, oh, man, if my housing market comes down, I'm going to buy all these properties. I'm like, no, you ain't, man. There's all kinds of shit on sale today you're not buying. Like, you know, like you look at stuff like SoFi or PayPal or, you know, Salesforce. There's all kinds of good companies right now on sale that if you were a long-term investor, man, you'd be stocking up. Now, some people are, but a lot of people aren't. You know, they get out of Bitcoin when it goes down, they get back in when it goes up. And, you know, you, you got to have some way of valuing these assets, right? And, and you need some sort of personal experience in the assets or some way to figure out what is this worth. And if we're trading, obviously the shorter the window, the more technically driven that becomes, right? Most day traders aren't worried about the fundamental price of that stock that day, you know? Um, as investors, that's something we might look at that traders don't really necessarily care about. They're doing it technically, right? From a chart. Um, Real estate's fascinating because it, it, it's, I got a little lost in my train of thought there, but it, it's always, what I'm doing every day is I'm just trying to, does this math formula work today? You know? And as long as I get the number right, how much extra above rent that I'm going to collect, I know I can handle anything that comes in this, you know, what if we have to lower rent $100? Well, that shouldn't blow me out. That shouldn't change anything. My my cash flow, my profit just went down a little bit. That's different than losing money, right? It's to to have your cash flow go down a little is a different story than going out of business, and and that's all that usually happens in any of those real estate up and downs. You just 2008, I had to lower income or lower the rents. That was it. 
you know. It, Jared, let me ask you a question. If things got like, let, let's say like, uh, you, you've been hearing a little bit about Ray Dalio, right? With the mm, principles. Yeah, and, but he always uh, says there's a crash coming. My entire yeah. fucking adult life, that guy's been talking about the coming <laughs> crash, man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, so just like hy hypothetically, uh -huh. let's say that things did come down hard. We don't even need to say when. Right. W would you personally feel more drawn to focus in real estate, stocks, or maybe combo? I mean, my whole life I've done both since, since I started trading. I started with real estate, to be honest, in any size, in any real size. Like I had five houses and I'm making like, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 a month cash flow. That's on five rentals. This is going back. And that money's, it's hard to get a dividend stock to give you $200. You need to put a lot of money in, you know? In real estate, you can find arbitrages, you can find deals, you can do things to put, to pack it with equity. It's, did we lose each other again? I'll give it a second. We just hit 100. This is a good lesson. This is what I'm fixing to talk about here. It's super important. We might cover it twice here. Um, let me remove him. Let me remove him so he can come back in. Um, what he was asking me there, the difference between real estate and a dividend stock, in a dividend stock, it is truly passive. You don't have to do anything. I own a bunch, I collect dividends, great. Last night on my story, I posted $350 in dividends that I collected. On a house, I can collect $350 in passive cash flow on a, on a house, but I have activity. I gotta be on the phone, I gotta have insurance, one difference. I can insure a house, I can't insure a stock. Yes, I could go into the world of options and insure the stock, but the house I can buy an insurance policy on, any idiot can understand that. Boom, the house appreciates in value. We hope the stock appreciates in value, it may or may not, okay? And the house may or may not, but typically they do. I can paint a house myself, I can manage it myself, I can raise the rents, I can do things, I can push equity, I can push the price up, I can do shit to make it go higher. Someone else pays down the loan. I'm leveraged one to five, meaning 20 cents buys me a dollar. 20 cents buys me a dollar. When you buy a dollar worth of stock, you get a dollar worth of stock, okay? That's the big leverage difference. The other part is depreciation. The government lets the dividend drip on the real estate be tax-free based on taking the house over 27.2 years. They call that depreciation. So. On $100,000, you can tax shelter about $3,000 of cash flow per house, per deal. If you got 10 of them, that's $36,000 a year tax-free in your pocket. Can't do that with a stock, man. But stock doesn't call you on the phone. Stock doesn't ask for, you know, doesn't ask you for things. Um, did we lose him again? So I hope you can see there is differences and there's positives and different. Let's say I'm 85 years old. I don't want to talk to a, a to a stock, you know. I mean, I don't want to talk to a renter. So when I'm 85, I want to get, I want, you know, I might reallocate that. Um, we might go through that a little different. What's that, man? I think we should be good now, brother. <laughs> what I was yeah. saying, I got on my thing when you were asking about the, uh, I forget the way you worded it. Uh, 
if, if, th- if things got right. bad, yeah, go ahead. It's probably different for me now than if I was younger. That's the dilemma. And I tell people, be careful when you're talking. Like, I'm 52, and I've been investing for 20-plus years, and I have millions of dollars in the markets. I have almost a million in stock market, about $3 million in real estate. My answer is going to be different than if I was 32 with one property. If I'm 32 gotcha. with one property, the only thing I'm thinking about is accumulating more properties. Gotcha. And, and so for you, brother, Gerald, like, if you don't mind, man, because I'm really fascinated, like, uh, how did you start the process? Like, like, you know, you hear everything from like started washing dishes in a restaurant, right. save money, bought my first house. Like, what was it like for you? I mowed yards on the real. Like, um, I got out of the army. I had read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like everybody else. It had just hadn't even been out long. I think the book came out in 98. I'm getting out of the army in 97. So this book is taking off. I'm reading this shit. I'm broke. I got 12,000 bucks. I paid cash for a truck and I'm sitting at home and I got a part, I got a job working at a juvenile prison. I'd been in the army seven years and I got, I paid cash for the truck. So now I got no money. I got a job and a truck. And I'm like, man, and I started, you know, I got the job, started working. And um, at the time, you know, and then I start mowing yards and I'm studying, I'm reading, studying, and I'm thinking, man, I got to create these other ways of making money. But then I'm like, okay, what do you do with the money? And to to make a long story short, fast forward, my girlfriend at the time, we go on a vacation with her friends and I had saved $14,000, like almost 15 grand. And he was an actual millionaire, but a young guy, like he's like 36 or whatever, a millionaire. And I, he goes, and we start talking. He's like, well, how much money do you have? And I'm like, 15 grand. And he goes, oh man, this is what you need to do. And he told me how you buy a house, 20% down, try to get it 10 or 20% cheaper, go over there and paint it yourself, fix it up, clean up the yard, pay your insurance, property tax, put a renter in, go save up money, do that 10 times, you'll make millions of dollars. I'm like, that's it? And he's like, that's it. So he gave me a book to read. I read the book. It broke it down what he said on the, on the piece of paper. And that was it. I went home. I bought two. I went all in. Took my 15 grand. And I got, long story short, that year I got two properties. Vacation with them again. And I was excited too to tell him. And he was like, you bought two houses? Like he couldn't even believe I had done it. Because he had told so many people how to do this. And nobody took action. Like everybody's waiting. When this happens, when my wife lets me, when the economy gets better, when I get this, it's fuck, 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 man. It's just waiting. Everyone's waiting for something. Most of the people I meet are waiting for a reason to do something, man. And um, I would just go broke on it every time. And a lot of times I get guys like, well, I don't want to, it'll be all my money. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm 52 with millions. It's all my money every time. I just bought a beach house. All my money. All of it. Like, all of it in <laughs> except my stocks when i say all my money i don't mean i sold my stocks i mean all the money that i had in checking savings accumulated shh, give me the keys because then i turn around and put that on airbnb now money's coming in every day right and i'm gonna stack it up again and guess what i'm gonna do on my story i'm gonna go all in again and you'll have guys going well i'm waiting for the crash or i'm waiting for we keep waiting dude i'm gonna keep buying and it's, that's all I've done, man. Just every, I want to buy one property a year. I don't give a fuck if I overpay for it. Now, I don't want to do that. 
but the pressure is on me to accumulate every year. Like you shouldn't go on vacation if you're fucking don't buy properties. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Like seriously, you shouldn't be buying yourself a car. You shouldn't be treating yourself like all this self-love and you're not actually making yourself produce is fuck. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. Yeah, no, and, and actually, like, you know, I don't know if you are or aren't a fan of Ray Dahlia, but I, I am. And uh, one of the things you said is the, the worst kind of way to manage your money is to consume yourself into debt. Right. And I would argue that that's, that's a very, very common philosophy all over the globe. You know, I've been to I've been to 50 plus countries and I can tell you, I can see consumption for the sake of debt is a very common practice. And so with what you had mentioned there, Gerald, is it easier to go all in the more you do it or is it, is it still a challenge even to this oh, day? Still scary, man. If you two, wasn't two months ago, man, I'm having a fucking breakdown. Like I just put 312,000 cash into a beach house and now, uh, you know, rentals have dropped 25% at beaches due to inflation and gas prices, you know? Okay. So now, now we got to navigate that. I mean, that part of being an entrepreneur is assuming problems and responsibilities, man. You got to raise your hand. <clears throat> I don't think it gets easier. I think that's why people like Ray Dalio sit around pondering and thinking and thinking of the worst case fucking possible scenario and writing it out because he has so much money that he's responsible for that the, the responsibility he feels is enormous. So he can't waste time and consuming like he's really thinking about this stuff, right? Most of us are not. Most, most human beings I meet are, they're, they're worried about TV, dinner, what the fuck the kids are gonna be doing, like th where's mom, how my sister is. They don't, they're not spending any time on money, getting rich or getting ahead in life. I don't believe, man, most people I meet are clueless of how you build yeah. wealth. They're clueless, they spend decades doing fucking nothing when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing what's interesting to me is like you're gonna have to work unless mm -hmm. you're a trust fund baby. You're gonna have to sacrifice. You're gonna have to suffer. You're gonna have to go through the ups and downs. So you either do it for the vision, for the dream, or I guess the other way around, right? Yeah, I think one thing that's helped me things like real estate, stocks, these things, this is what I do for fun. Like when I started buying real estate, it wasn't because I wanted to be like Grant Cardone or, or any weird shit like that or some guy I was, that wasn't what I was doing. Like to me, it's fun. Like I think it's fun to find a deal. All that was done after work, after, everything was always after. After work is when you write a book. Like some people need to be paid to write the book. No, man, it's after work, after the kids go to bed, after you did this, it's always after. It's what you do that's, that other people, once every once you've done all the normal shit in life, then you go do the stuff that's gonna make you what where you're trying to get, man. Right? That's been my experience, and and I I enjoy doing it. So that kind of I feel like gave me an edge. Um. You know, if I had to wait a while to make money at it, cool. Luckily, I've done pretty well at it. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've had three stocks that I had significant money and go to zero. Okay. What am I gonna do, cry and not get back up and do it tomorrow? Like, I've had houses that were bad deals and we ended up losing fucking money and, and then we, you know, things go wrong and it's like, okay, next day, 
you know, we fix that, we move on, right? Um, I think if you have a lot of, because I'm in this real estate group, we call it Campfire Real Estate. There's all the, I'm the baby of the group. Some of these guys got 50, 100, have had 200 doors. Like, I mean, a lot of properties. When you have that much money, you'll start to ponder the, the economic, like you, because you have the means to maybe sell 20 houses, raise $5 million, you still got rents coming in, you're still making a shit ton of money, you set it off to the side, you set back and wait for this thing because you have the actual means to execute when it comes. If you're 32, you're not Ray Dalio, you need to accumulate assets. That needs to be your focus every day, not trying to, so okay, you have 50 grand, you pull it out of the market, the market goes down, you put your 50 back in. It didn't change your life, man. That didn't do anything. So you avoided a $20,000 down, now you're back to 60, you're still broke. So most people's problem is not that stuff, it's they don't make enough money, they're not investing enough, man. They're not, they're not participating in the process of getting rich, man. They don't make enough yeah. money. That's yeah. pro- most people do not make enough money. That's the problem. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I think also there's this there's these two extremes of super super saved people and playing conservative, and then I feel like there's the other extreme of the over aggressive. And and I, you know, you're on social media as much as I do. I feel like I see too much of those two extremes. Like those who are constantly watching, constantly right. reading, constantly commenting constantly just watching and not taking trades or getting in, invested in something and then the other ones who are just like gung-ho uh, poker style playing and I think once again you have to find that balance between those two edges of the sword. Right and I think as a long-term one of the proponents that I, I mean not proponents one thing I've always thought if you start as an investor and you get serious and you're good I don't, you don't have to be the great you just can make money and you're only really comparing it against yourself. I have kids all the time, but do you beat the S&P 500? And I'm like, yeah, man, sometimes I do. Sometimes I blow it out. I got stocks, I'm up a thousand percent. Did I beat the S&P? Yeah, right there, I killed it. And this one over here, I'm down 40. I don't know, you know, uh, my goal is not to beat the S&P. My goal is to double my money every 3.2 years. That's what I'm trying to do. So I have a different benchmark than the home, like a guy who's a home gamer. He wants to work at a job until he's 60 and have all this money in an index fund. That's not what I'm doing, man. You know, I'm, I'm not even, that's not my benchmark is to beat an index fund. I'm trying to make money, double my money, grow my money, collect rents, grow dividends, um, sell books, put out my information. Like I, I'm just focused on different things than that, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The, in, the index thing is, I buy indexes when the indexes are cheap. So like recently, I've been buying the S&P. If the market takes off, I'm gonna stop buying. I'm, I'm not buying it anymore. It's not cheap, you know? Um, and then you're down to what? Trading, if you're a short-term trader, you're trading that momentum of it, doing its thing, going up or down, you know? Um, For you, Gerald, um, where do you think that there's a lack of balance within? Because you, you, you've seen the surge more than I have, even though I've, I've still been engaged in the markets for a while, but. 2019, 2020, 2021, there was this influx of a lot of new people into right. the market. So where do you feel like the shift or the movement has gone towards 
whether that be for an unhealthy or a healthy balance, if you know what I mean. I think it's just normal history. The way I came into the stock market was the online trading boom of the 1990s. E-Trade came out. I was one of the first E-Trade customers. I mean, I was a young dude then, man, and I'm like, we were doing meme stocks. We were buying, you know, uh, pets.com and diapers.com, and any company that had a .com in the year 2000 could go from $5 to $50, and they had no sales. It's there's, None of this is new. Like, there, it's just, it's, instead of being uh, shipping stocks, that was hot when it, I remember REM, the BlackBerry, the, with the, had the buttons all over it. That was the hottest fucking stock in the stock market. And that thing went, I mean, it did thousands of percent returns. So I think every generation, there's new technology that comes in. The younger people adapt to it. They come in, all the old people go, back in my day, we didn't do that. And that perpetual cycle just keeps on, you know? Like now it's Bitcoin. I remember when everybody making fun. I, dude, I remember people saying the internet is a fucking fad and nobody's gonna, and coming on CNBC, and saying that inter, like email's not gonna work. And now that's so stupid. Like, but at the time it was new, right? So Robinhood's new. The way we trade today's new. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just the way every generation is introduced to the market is through this social national wave of enthusiasm. Some people stay, other people leave. But each time it's a new base, a new generation of people, man. Like. You know, I love it, man. I, I think it's great, man. I think, um, I'm not mad at Robin Hood. I think all that's great. Bitcoin, I hate to see people lose all their money on shit, but it's your right to, though. Yeah, and, and I think, like, you know, my intuition is that, well, well it's, it's, it's also kind of a little bit of a sorrowful point for me, is that, like, and maybe maybe you would agree with this, but I think, like, this new probably in the past five years this sort of impulsive mindset mm -hmm. that has really amplified i think has served as a strong poison in the modern day more than maybe so back then like you know for example i was talking with my parents and i was like what did you guys used to do when you were at a bus stop or just sitting and waiting and they say they pull out the newspaper or a book right they converse with people and now we're used to this like swipe 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 and i feel like that has created a sort of impulsiveness not only just in human psychology and behavior but when it comes to trading if you're impulsive in life you're going to be impulsive with your investing mindset with your real estate mindset with your trading mindset and i that's one of my big sorrowful points that i'm just like man uh you know you you almost uh feel a little bit of sympathy for that if that makes sense now do you i do a lot of mind work on myself I think there's three keys to life, health, wealth, and mindset. And it does, doesn't do you a lot of good to totally neglect your health and you, you're doing all these other things and you die. I mean, so these kind of go together, but I try to work on my mind a lot, man. And, and I think a lot of those tendencies, they're in all of us, right? Like me and you have, like, I'm sure we have moments and, and, and that comes from repetition, practicing, staying in there, um, and every once in a while, I'll get contacted by someone who's like lost 200, I mean, they lost $200,000. And when I say lost, I don't mean the portfolio went down. I mean, it's gone. They got out, they blew out, the money's gone. And, you know, like, what are they, you know, and it's like, man, I mean, that's a pretty expensive lesson, but 
at the end of the day, we need to make more than 200, so we got to get back on it. Like, you weren't going to retire on 200. You had to turn two into four. I don't know if you knew that. Four into eight and eight into 16. Like, so we got to get back to it. You know, I always remind myself of that when I mess up or have a bad trade or something doesn't go right. It wasn't like I was quitting tomorrow. Like, I got that's the only thing I can know is the only thing the way I know how to handle such a loss is just to get back on it the next day and just keep doing that and, and you know, try to learn from your mistakes. I, I try to prep people like, you know, I run a group called the Money Flow Trading Society. It's a little group. Now it seems like it's mostly just my friends. And, you know, you get to know these people, meet them in person or on lives or just talk to them every day in Discord. And I try to get all of them to get out of debt. If you don't have any debt, man, life is a hell of a lot easier, right? I'm just being real. Like, I think anybody who's rich or not rich would all agree, if I don't owe anyone, my decision-making is in a better position. I can turn down this job. I could take this job. I can go to Latin America. I could go, you know what I mean? I, I have a lot more freedom. Um, and a lot of people are in debt, man. Their life is not structured to do entrepreneurship, which I think investing is an entrepreneurial adventure. And for me, real estate is not, quote, investing. We say that, but that's not what it is for me. For me, it's about being rich today. I buy a property, my income goes up, and then I'm gonna try to do it again and again and again. It's not about in the future, it's about right now. I trade for today, I invest for today. Even though the investments are lifelong holds, right? I see it as I'm doing it for today. Like I'm a rich person today because of the actions that I take, you know? And if I take rich person actions every single fucking day for 10 years, guess what happens? You're rich. I mean. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, I think finding a simplistic or minimalistic lifestyle somewhere along the path is very important. Like for right. me, before I got into the stock market and all this entrepreneur stuff, like I made a decision. I say, OK, what I can I can continue to have a sort of grind like job in the U.S. Right. A, this was seven plus years ago, by the way. Or I can completely leave my country, bring down my costs more than three times, you know, simply live as much as you can. And then in doing so, that bought me more time, more energy, more freedom. And then with that time, energy and freedom, I was able to leverage up the stock market, the investing, the entrepreneurships. But whatever the sacrifice is, I think it's important to understand, like, what is that sacrifice and then what is the sustainability of that sacrifice because i think oftentimes individuals might say i have to torture myself in a to achieve b and it's like i always remind people there are 190 plus countries in the world thousands of lifestyles right. hundreds of cities thousands of towns like there is a pocket or an environment in there where you will thrive more than not and so whatever that pocket is, I think it's our job to discover that. And man, when you take what you just said there at the end, which is beautiful, and combine it with the internet, <laughs> you know, like I'm literally today talking with a guy in Australia about doing a podcast over there. I mean, who the fuck am I to be on an Australian and he's got a decent following. And then today a guy contacted my wife from Canada you know, talking about a, a documentary they're doing there on social influencers and the world is so big. 
man. And yet, and you can do it from so many places and there's so many ways. And I get asked that a lot. And I have this, I draw this little formula and I've seen other people do similar. I call it the push, whatever you want to call it. And I, and I, and my, I have a free ebook I give everyone. It's just my philosophy on life and money. And it starts with a well. And the well water is the representation of money. And we all can only draw so much out of the well, right? That's our job. It only pays you so much. And when you pull it out, you got three buckets. Your bills and electricity, food, all that shit is in one bucket. We all got a hole in it. We got to eat, got to buy, you know. You can't, get, you can't live on zero. Like you got to buy food. You got to pay your electric bill. There's some cost to life. But you have control over that. And then it's savings and then it's investing. And what I see a lot of people do is they get that first bucket, second bucket fucked up. They go straight to the investing one. They're doing that half ass. <clears throat> and you just never get anywhere because it's not an effective blueprint that they have laid out, man. Um, this person said debt free is a luxury. Now, actually, the luxury is that anybody would even loan you money. I was explaining, like, people act like they have a goddamn right to get loaned money. My guy was like, well, you know, how are you going to live without credit card? First off, they shouldn't have even given you the fucking money. What would you have done then? Like, what if you didn't have a credit card? What if they don't do car loans? Like, what would people do if they nobody would give you money? You know, I don't know. Live that way. You know, like, do, yeah, do that. that. Yeah, that's a good point, Jared. And I, and I think, like... And that's why I, I personally, you know, obviously I'm a huge advocate of travel because you come to realize like that simply living can open up so many possibilities. Right. Like, like I haven't told everybody this. I did. I think I shared this in a, a, another live with somebody else. But like when we first came to Latin America before the trading, the saving, the investing, all that stuff, we lived exactly like the locals on six to eight dollars a day nice. so we, we we felt like literally embodied what it was like to live that lifestyle and that's not a bragging point right it's more of just like a point of like the sacrifice once again is there the sacrifice is there how are you going to walk through that sacrifice and ideally if you're going to make the sacrifice why not have some joy and some peace and some fun along the way because it doesn't have to be a torturous component and so i think the financial world will call it debt and interest and compounding, but there's also virtuous and value-driven aspects within the human psychology, the oh. human spirit, so on and so forth. So, so I always like to find like the word which is paired with that reality. So it's like debt for me is like live simple. You know, interest is another one. Compounding is another one, so on and so forth. Right. Yeah, man. My man here said, at the same time, in real estate, you're leveraging debt on a home. Yeah, and I'm not talking about that. When I'm against debt, I'm not talking about leveraged real estate debt, which I, I love, man. I'll, I'll borrow all they'll give me. As long as the deal cash flows and I'm putting 20% down, I'm happy to borrow the other 80. But I'm not paying that payment. You know, I will do that. Here's what cracks me up, man. Because sometimes I do these one-on-ones with people. And I'm trying to understand, before you can help someone, you got to understand where they're coming from, you know? And I got to make sure we're seeing things similar or, or anything I say won't make sense. And a lot of people, 
let's say like bar, I borrowed on a car. A lot of people borrowed on a car. Let's say you borrow on a car. Nobody's freaking out that the car's going to zero and it's going to be all like nobody does that. They're excited. They come home, they drive around, show everyone, hey, look at my new car. Like they're happy. Whenever I get into the game of real estate, they go, man, what if property prices come down? I'm like, okay. Yeah, but then I wouldn't have bought the low. Okay. Like, I mean, they have all these weird hangups. Like, well, what if the price is too high? Well, the car you bought is pretty high. That's why you had to get a loan. Like, we, we can, in our mind, justify this. We're cool with it as a culture. Matter of fact, we're happy and show it off, drive it around, tell everybody about it. When it comes to a property, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, hold on, man. Like, let's don't rush out and do something. And it's like, no, man, you, you should, the mind should switch. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, you tell me, we go back 10 years, we buy a new car, I buy a beach house. Now we go forward 10 years. <laughs> I mean, the car is fucking zero, the beach house is tripled, right? Yeah. In pretty much any time we've ever existed. Go back to 1910 and start playing that game. Or when your grandfather was born, he could play it. 24, he buys a, you know, this, this guy buys a new Model T. And you just keep playing that game. And so you buy a condo in Manhattan in 1920, and this guy buys a new Model T car. And we just keep playing that game, man. And, 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 and it has always went, yet most people will easily do this trade, panic to death about that trade. And I never understand that trade. Life is a trade, man. And they're not, the trades most people are making in their head is plastic shit from Walmart and Target. It all goes yeah. into the trash, right? Yeah, and, and, and that right there, what you just said, is one of the reasons why I think like this overly popular uh, interest in scalp trading, day trading, mm -hmm. like, like don't get me wrong, if you, can, if you can make day trading and scalp trading happen, hallelujah to you, you know, and, and I do a little bit of that as well, but, but the important thing that I think that's, that we need to understand is like that it's a more impulsive mindset. It's a more get rich quick mindset, and I and I would much rather have somebody adopt the long term prospect because that that's the one that builds the virtue to last a lifetime journey. It also, you know, that's what I was going to say to you earlier, and I got sidetracked. I think being a if you're a long term investor, I can turn you into a trader, meaning because you already see the pattern, you already understand value, so we can look for possible trade setups, right? Like, dude, have you seen how smashed Starbucks it got? Now we're watching it. We're waiting, right? We're waiting for our pattern or our crossover. So because we're an investor, I can make you a trader. It's very difficult to make a trader an investor. 100%, man. Because, and it's not so much that the strategy or the technique mm -hmm. or the cannot be done. It's that there needs to be a switch, a switch. here and also in the heart. And, and so... In my opinion, that's that's why for me, I've really tried to stretch myself to scalp, day trade, swing trade, or even put long-term perspective plays on. Because in my opinion, no matter what the market conditions are, I can always find somewhere to wiggle into. Right. But if I'm an option scalp trader, well, if something happens in such a way that you can only option scalp trade, and now you're kind of in a pinch because you, you're, uh, what do they call it? The one trick pony? <laughs> right. The one trick, is that what they call it? Right, right. Yeah. So 
You're down, where are you at in Latin America? Uh, I'm in the Caribbean part of Mexico. Okay, Caribbean part of Mexico. It, it's a terrible life, Gerald, I'm telling you. Now, are you by the water? <laughs> uh, I'm not too far from the water, otherwise I'd give you guys a, a view if I could. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I'm, uh, I live in two places now. And, um, you know, I base, I base, I don't want I, I don't live exclusively on investments cause I like to, I still like, I'm still compounding some, um, but I compounded basically for 16 to 18 years without stopping it. If I collected, it was a profit right back in, man. And, and now I'm at that point where, you know, I can choose. I mean, I can, uh, you know, I could obviously just stop working, live on investments, and if that's boring, man, I, I still like hunting properties. It means I need to make money so I can buy a house. Like, you know, I still want to play that game. I don't want to, um, and that's the beautiful thing about, like, how old are you? How old are I'm you? 30, I'm 34, brother. Yeah, man, see, that's fucking beautiful, man. And um, I got started at 30, 29, I got going where I had a little bag at 32, by 38, I was a millionaire. In my 40, you know, life will hit you. You're gonna have problems and shit. And the goal is just don't lose what you've done. Like you may have to reinvent yourself. You may have to go get a new job, but don't lose what you've done. As long as you can keep yeah. doing that. Cause I hit an area where I got, I was worth probably a million and a half. And then my business went under and all that stuff. So my goal now is not to lose. Like I gotta get my shit back and get back to making money somehow. And then as you're doing that, like, those assets are growing. So, you know, it, as long as you can keep living where you don't have to keep touching them, man, until you're ready to, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, and I, it's like uh, life and the financial world reminds you of humility all the time. Right. You know, that's where, like, I always tell individuals that I coach or, or educate, I always remind them, like, if you don't know who you are, the market's going to show you real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, definitely expose market, your weakness, right? Yeah, and the, and the longer you're there, the more you have to look at that mirror. And I think uh, those who can handle it and find joy in it, I think it's a beautiful place to be for sure. The joy is a big part. You got. I really enjoy investing. And, and I sometimes hear people say, well, man, work and this and that. I just, I have, you know, I, I can't get on it as much. I don't even understand what they're saying. Because my hobby was stocks. I'd get off work, come home. I, when I first started trading, you downloaded data at the end of the day. You couldn't even download the charts until 5 p.m. It took my computer 30 fucking minutes to load the charts, doing a 56K modem dial-up download, and I'm waiting. And to, to, call in, to do a trade, you had to call it in on the phone. So I would go to work, and then it was the big upgrade was you could email it. So I would send an email with my trade, go to work, come home to check the email and see if I got filled. And then sometimes I typed it wrong and they emailed me back and I was at work so I didn't get filled. Um, I mean, think how slow that is, how cumbersome. And today it's like, like, I mean, you know, and um, I'd get home and, I, and for my spare time, I would read, I'd read about stocks, about dividend, you know. And, I would, and it just became part of like what I do as a human being. Some guys work out. I'd be at the gym listening to fucking Peter Lynch or something on the thing. And I'm listening, you know, I'm working out, listening. Or then I start buying real estate. I'm painting a house. I'm listening to some shit on Warren Buffett. And I'm, I'm painting. And, and it just pretty soon what you think about, it just 
takes over, man. And that's how you accumulate wealth. You're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 No, I love it, Jared. And I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful to like hear these stories and I know the audience have all been mentioning here to save, save the post. Cause, uh, yeah, we will. Um, every, every age has its wisdom, right? You know, like the 10 year olds have their wisdom, right? Your age wisdom we have ours and and i think it's our duty to continue to grow progress learn and most importantly like adapt to what's been given to us man uh gerald brother i i would love to continue this for for quite some time but um i really don't want uh the bad weather here to affect our our yeah no worries man i appreciate you coming on you guys go follow him i would love to do a round two sometime if you're open to brother yeah man just hit me up for sure. Cool, man. Appreciate it talking to you, man. Likewise. So, um, I'll leave. The, are you going to keep the live going? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep going for a minute and then I'll wrap it up. All right. Cool, friends. Take care. Be All blessed. Right. And uh, thanks, Gerald. Take right, care man. of yourself. Ciao. Ciao. Yeah, that's cool. We'll see. Nice. You know, something else I want to say about this, man. I've got friends that I talk to that are, I call it the game, the path. Sometimes I refer to it as the path. And these guys do different shit for a living. You know, one guy sells this, one guy sells that, one guy works here, one guy works there. And it's guys, girls, whatever. And they're on this path. And through the process, they're saving up their money and they're buying investments. You know, and I got friends that own three properties. They're in their 30s, 34, 35. They got three, four properties. Cool, that was me. And at age 32, I bought my first property. By the end, by the time I was 32, I had two properties. By the age of 33, I had four properties, okay? And then I had to go save money. I ran out of money. So now I'm back to saving, but I'm collecting rent on four properties. About this time, I get into stocks. I start learning about dividend stocks and trading. And I'd always throw a little bit off into a trading account, say I'm gonna trade that. And then I was smart enough to know I need to keep my trading separate from my investing. And I got into the dogs of the Dow. That's a no fucking brainer. It's been working for 60, 70 years. It'll work next year and the year after. It's up to you to participate. And I would watch the 10 stocks of the dogs Dow. And then I started playing this little game with myself because I like money games. I'd say, cool, when I collect rent, I'm gonna pay all the bills, taxes, insurance, mortgage, set all that shit aside. What's left, I'm gonna push off into an IRA because I learned that an IRA would lower my taxes. So I went and read on IRAs and said, cool, I'm going to buy these dividend stocks, cloak it in an IRA, and that'll allow me to lower you know, $5,000. And I found out, well, you can do one for your spouse too. Cool, five for me, five for her, that's 10 grand. Tax sheltered, get it going. I said, listen, the game I'm going to play is I'm going to let other people fund it. See, all of the money you want is in the pockets, purses, wallets, checkbooks, credit cards of other people. You got to serve those people with your time, your talent, or your energy. You've got to give them something that makes them want to give you money. And when you do that, you now have this money, which is energy. It's human energy. What I figured out is the reason that real estate works so well is I could leverage myself five to one. In stocks, while it took less, it, the big thing was I could tax shelter it, lowering my taxes, giving me a tax drop. And I could save that money so later on, that money could protect my real estate. So I saw that thing, the IRA, is a way of protecting my real estate because if I ever got in trouble, I'm gonna use it. So I began 
just doing that, playing that game. And I would max out 10 next year, max out 10, right? And I would use the cash flow from property. I would take my money from working. I save my money. I would do side jobs. I'm mowing yards. I'm in fucking network marketing. I'm doing shit on the internet. You're 30, right? Go make money. There's 20,000 ways to make money. You're 30 fucking years old. Spend most of your time making money. Make it shit you like doing. If you do things you like to do, then making money's fun. I like doing things, right? So go do shit you like to do and get paid for it. And then everything will be gravy. Avoid debt. Don't do debt. So I didn't, I didn't want any debt. And I began to live on 50% of my income. You say, how is that possible? Wife worked, right? I worked. We lived on half. We took the other half and we started buying properties. Take the profits from the properties, I push it into dividend stocks. And I do this year after fucking year after year after fucking year. I don't worry about the market. I don't worry about the economy. I don't give a fuck where other people are thinking or what Ray Dalio or anybody thinks. I really don't care. Every day I wake up to do the millionaire code. I have this amount of money. How much does it cost for me to get in to buy a property? Where am I, you know, and I wanna do it in an area that I can control right now. For me, that was in Huntsville, Texas. As I've gotten richer, that's expanding, right? So as I make more and more money, more money makes more money. Compounding is real as fuck, guys. So as I go from one property to say 17 properties and rent checks are coming in, if the average rent check's $1,000, that's $17,000 coming in. That has nothing to do with your job or your side hustles or the way you make money. It's just on those investments that you bought. And some guys I know have 20, 30, 40, 50 doors, 50 doors bringing in money that has nothing to do Right? And a lot of that money is tax-free. Now we get into refining and leveraging, and you're like, what do you mean? Well, the house that I bought, the first or second house I bought, fast forward eight years, I can go back, borrow equity out, tax-free. And now they're giving me 50 grand, no taxes. Here's $50,000. Whoa. And I go buy another one and another one. Now the cash flow goes up. Someone else pays the loan. I take the cash flow and put it in dividend stocks which then gives me money, which then I reinvest to buy more shares. You get what I'm saying? Now, to do the, what I just showed requires focus. Like you have to live to do that. Life, people, friends, family will try to knock you off of that game. You got this, you got that, this and that, living that. All these reasons. So right now there's all kinds of reasons people have, well, I can't do that. It's all bullshit. It's because you haven't decided to do it. So the moment you wake up to acquire a property, like that's why you're getting up. We gotta buy a property. You write that shit on that. We gotta buy a property. How much do I need? I got a down payment. See what I'm saying? The moment you make that trade, life is a trade, man. I'm telling you, life is a trade. You can trade whatever you want to get whatever you want, or you're gonna fucking trade. Some trades you're gonna lose. You're gonna have to trade something. You're gonna trade lifestyle. You're gonna have to trade the way you've structured your life, you're gonna to to trade your time. Something's gonna to have to give, man. And here's the thing, you're gonna play this whether you want to or not. So in other words, you don't buy properties, you don't buy dividend stocks, good. Then you get to provide the rent and the interest payments and the dividends. You're on one side of the fucking register or not. You're either the landlord, you're either the owner or the renter. You're either paying the dividend, buying the products to pay for the dividends or you're, you own it and you collect them. You get to decide every fucking day, every fucking moment, with every second you get, time times amount times yield. You decide. It can be consumption, it could be invested, but money is energy. 
All of this is energy. Time is energy. Your effort, your thoughts, your thinking, everything you have is energy. You get to decide what you put it on and you will get what you put it on, I promise you. Okay, so keep that in mind. You get what you put it on, man. So, man, I appreciate you guys. You be good. I'm off, babe. Okay. That was a hard talk. We didn't really vibe. 